Hello, it's Paul Scott here, UK small caps investor and commentator. I've been doing this professionally now for 21 years and for considerably more years before that uh, as an amateur investor whilst I was um, CFO of a clothing retailer for eight years. So, um, yeah, probably a better commentator than an investor, <laughs> as uh, as I frequently say. So my own investing history has been a roller coaster, really. Um, but there we go. I find it all fascinating. And I love the process as much as the actual money that I make from it, probably more than the money I make for it, actually. Anyway, so these I write the small cap value reports uh, with Graham Neary, which are on stockopedia.com in our 11th year now. And this is my weekly podcast, summarising what we've looked at. And then towards the end, I'll uh, go on to my usual overall market and macro musings. OK, so Monday... Oh, sorry, I'm recording this on Saturday, 25th of March, 2023. Right, Monday's report. This is the 20th of March. Um, <clears throat> a stock I really don't like. I looked at Tribal, TRB, an education uh, s- sector software company. Uh, probably the only redeeming feature about Tribal is it's got about 50 million a year in recurring revenues. And for some reason, I'm not really sure why, investors seem to pay over the top valuations for software companies with the recurring revenues, even if they're loss making. Tribal's just a mess. It really is. It's got this um, big contract in Singapore, which has gone badly wrong. It put out news um, on Monday that it, that particular Singapore contract had got even worse. The customer had totally rejected it. It was a new implementation. Um, <clears throat> I think they've said previously Tribal has that it would incur something like £12 million losses over that botched contract implementation. It's escalated into legals now, and they're saying that it's going to go to mediation. Um, It's just not of any interest to me at all, Tribal is. I think, you know, if you can't implement a a major project and the customer ends up suing you, then something is seriously wrong. Although I do note that Christopher Mills of Harwood Capital is building a position in Tribal. He's up to 10% now. So it's always worth sitting up and taking notice when... Uh, Harwood uh, is accumulating because they obviously see value there. Very, very shrewd investors. Um, although sometimes some of the rescue deals it gets involved in can be ruinous for small shareholders. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword with Harwood, I think. Next, I looked at 10 Lifestyle... No, sorry, Graham looked at 10 Lifestyle Group, T-E-N-G. We can't see anything interesting here. I agree with Graham, and nearly always do. We don't consult. We just both write what we want about individual companies. But we rarely disagree, and we just don't see a quality business there at all. So we're red on 10 Lifestyle, and obviously I'm red on Tribal as well. Um, Graham had a quick look at Pension B again. He's read on that just because it's burning too much cash and it's not clear that Pension B has a, a viable business model yet. And then my last show I looked at on Monday, the 20th, I'm going to make a mystery share. As always, my mystery shares are uh, good value and GARP, growth at reasonable price companies whose shares are performing well and reasonably priced. So it's not speculative stuff, it's things that I think are are good and solid on fundamentals. I'll put the name of the mystery share in Friday's small cap valley report, the one just gone, uh, 24th of March, when I've finished recording this. Really good reader comments on Monday, I've just been reading through them all. Thanks to everyone who contributed. 
Uh, as I say, I think the Stockopedia subscription is worth worth it for the just for the reader comments alone. So the, the articles that Graham and I write are really conversation starters, and then you get a very good, very smart uh, group of investors who uh, broad, more broadly discuss the companies and the um, macro factors in the comments below with no background noise, no clutter, no trolls. So, uh, yeah, we love the comments. Keep them coming, and thank you to everybody who contributes. Right, moving on to Tuesday, uh, what was it? Tuesday the 21st of March, the Small Cap Valley Report, quite busy. Graham looked briefly, well, yeah, we did some quick comments so that we could cover more companies. Graham looked briefly at AB Dynamics. Uh, he's amber on that. Um, it's it's just too highly valued, I think. It's a good company, but both of us feel it's too highly valued. It's a engineering uh, consultancy for the motor sector, I think, mainly. I looked at a minnow called React, R-E-A-T. Again, amber on that. Contract winds are good, but it's got this perpetual and strong pipeline. It's got this perpetual problem that the equities are so lowly valued that it can't issue more equity to do acquisitions and create any value. It's having to issue fresh equity at, uh, at such a low valuation. The, the, the acquisitions it does don't really seem to add value. So it's sort of languishing around a penny a share. Unless they can get a higher rating on the shares, there's not much point to it. You need to do acquisitions with highly rated paper and buying things cheaply using highly rated paper. That was the genius of Judges Scientific with hindsight. Uh, I don't see that happening at React because cleaning businesses won't get high ratings, even though some of them are actually quite good. Uh, so anyway, Wednesday, WYN. This is, I, th- I think this is one of these oil and agricultural companies. There are several of them. Um, I'm green on this. I think it's good. AGM statement on Wednesday. Trading broadly in line. Inflation decreasing. Recent acquisition doing well. Quite good. Uh, now next, one of my favourites, S3. Ticket is STEM, S-T-E-M. I've been on about this for ages. Good quality staffing company. Nice uh, repeating revenues because it's mainly contractors rather than recruiting one-off permanent positions. Uh, Now, my worry with uh, STEM was that it might start to suffer as the economy slows, but it's saying Q1 is in line with expectations. Uh, So it's quite resilient in a tough macro condition. Um, broker forecasts unchanged, valuations reasonable. I think it's quite good value. You get a f- nearly 4% yield, fantastic balance sheet. So I remain positive on S3. Thumbs up. Uh, Gra- Graham looked at Quixent QXT. Neither of us is madly enamoured by this. Then in more depth, we did larger sections. Graham looked at Trustpilot, TRST. He likes that. I'm less keen, if I'm honest. Oh, we're always honest. I hate that phrase. Uh, Zotfoams, ZTF. Now, this is one of my favourites. This, I think, is a really good company. So I'm green on this. I think it's a previous mystery share. The shares are holding up pretty well in this tough macro um, wobbly stock market. Um, it does. Uh, it has specialist knowledge in creating lightweight high-performance foams for all sorts of industries. I really like the business. Um, it's delivering. Uh, it, it, it rebuilt all the factories, you know, upgraded them all, and they're now state-of-the-art. Uh, it, it, sectors like aviation are recovering from the uh, from the pandemic. Now, the other... It's got a good balance sheet. Um, 
it's it's got strong pricing power. A key thing with Zote Foams was that last year it managed to um, boost its profits considerably by raising prices. Now, the raw materials costs are now starting to ease. Uh, there was a very good webinar with management there. I really rate management. I think they're really good, solid um, operators. So, yeah, I like Zote Foams. Don't hold any personally, but I would like to buy at some point. And you've got this resource blue sky project in thrown in for free that won't commercialize for another year or two at least i think but it could be huge um it's making uh, drinks cartons out of one material which makes them completely recyclable whereas at the moment they're not recyclable because of uh, the fact that they're made out of a variety of ingredients and what with you know esg green stuff recycling being such a big issue uh, resource if it works could be massive and you're getting that in for free that's why i like zote foams now there were masses of other companies on reporting on tuesday that we didn't report on but actually we caught up later in the week on the on the most interesting ones so um that was okay in the end Right, I've just been reading through the reader comments for Tuesday 21st of March, Small Cap Valley Report, and (coughs) some fantastic posts again from a lot of our regulars here. Really very, very well-informed, intelligent, polite discussion, mainly on the banking. Um, Is it a crisis or is it a... or turmoil? I think at the moment I prefer turmoil. Turmoil. Uh, now, R.D. Howarth, who, is, who posts fantastic stuff on macro and um, bigger picture stuff, now he copied in an article from Matt Levine of Bloomberg, which uh, the readers absolutely loved. It's a huge article and it got 219 thumbs ups. Uh, I've, I've read half of it, but it was so long that um, I'll go back to that because if there are that many readers like it, it's. Um, you know it's bound to be good so thank you for that and I think I'll start following Matt Levine if he's on Twitter because uh, he sounds um, trouble is you get so much information and so many views thrown at you I find you know whenever people email me oh read this article Paul you'll find it really interesting I go no don't send me anything more to read I can't cope with my inbox as it is (laughs) so I think you've got to find just the best most reliable and most accurate people who write stuff that is actually true rather than just spouting out um you know uh, uh, views that are strident but nearly always wrong like most of the journalists in the in the, in the daily papers who never held account to the fact that they're wrong often for decades but uh, so yeah this matt levine sounds brilliant and of course the brilliant john authors who uh oh god i mean his daily email is something that everybody should read if you can find the time so thank you to everyone especially rd howarth who's who's posting brilliant stuff in uh, the small cap valley reports right wednesday the 22nd of march 2023 oh my giddy aunt we we, how am i going to get through these we we covered 13 companies i think i'll just skip there Uh, graham liked henry boot he looked at final results there a lot of the a lot of the announcements now are actually accounts you know full year accounts for 2022 not trading updates so it takes us a lot longer to actually go through a full set of uh, preliminary results and give a view on those. So it's been ridiculously busy this week because each company is taking an hour to two hours to look at. Um, So I don't know how we've managed to cover so many companies, but we have. We've had to sort of speed up. Um, Now, I looked at Superdry. This, again, S-D-R-Y. Regulars will know that I'm highly sceptical about this. I think the, the CEO is overly promotional. And, you know, he's just talking up this brand reset and recovery, which is not evidenced by the figures at all. 
In fact, it's looking financially stressed. Now, but they pulled something out of the hat on Wednesday, getting a, doing a $50 million licensing deal uh, in South Korea, which nets down to £34 million of cash, hasn't been signed, cash hasn't been received yet. So it's it's a work in progress. Um, now, I was expecting a huge rise in the share price. I thought, oh, God, people are going to go, go crazy for this. And the broker put out an excitable note as well, saying this was transformational and that uh, it would move the company into net cash. But as I pointed out, and I got my section on this out, just before, rushed it out before the market opened at 8 a.m., as I said, it, right at the, it's all, you always have to read to the end, don't you, of, of RNSs, particularly for promotional companies that talk everything up, like Superdry. And um, it says near the end that it, it needs to raise more cash, this £34 million windfall, which is fantastic, don't get me wrong. They're not selling off the family silver because they're only foregoing, I think, £2.5 million of profit contribution from uh, South Korea, and they previously failed in China through another partner. So <coughs> this really is a windfall of money that's just been fan- found down the back of the sofa, which is a, a fantastic deal if it completes. I did have a look at the uh, South Korean company. It doesn't look that big. So it's a listed company. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, I don't know. I, will this deal complete? I, I don't think you can be 100% sure until the cash is in the bank. I'm very wary now about deals that are announced after this whole one disco debacle, you know, where the entire 900 million valuation was based on just positive contract news announcements, which, of course, are not audited. Uh, so companies, if they're, if they're dishonest, can put out anything they like. Say, um, you know, I can think of another company whose validated pipeline seems to get bigger and bigger every year, um, you know, it looks to be well into fantasy territory, and yet they never make a profit. That's SRT. Um, we'll come on to that. Now, um, so what am I saying? Oh, yes, yeah, so super dry. It said near the end of this announcement it needs to raise more money and might need to do an equity fundraise. Well, that's totally put the skids under the shares, and much to my amazement, they ended the week down. I thought, oh, God, you know, this £34 million licensing deal will be a 40 50% spike up in share price. All the bulletin board people will get excited about it. Didn't happen. So it seems that everybody read to the end of the announcement and said, mm, something's not right here. So, and one person I saw on ADVFN did comment that maybe the bank refinancing deal that they did with a kind of non-mainstream bank, maybe that deal's falling apart as well. So lots of question marks over Superdry. I would steer well clear. I think it's too dangerous. And um, I don't know, I've just got this feeling that's not that's not going to end well. And the figures are bloody awful as well. Uh, never mind what the CEO says. It, you know, he just talks it up all the time. Not backed up by the figures. Graham looked at Hostel World, he's amber on that. I looked at Fever Tree. Now, uh, nobody spotted the, the deliberate mistake here. I colour-coded it amber in words, but with red... <laughs> With red, uh, with a red colour, nobody spotted the deliberate mistake. I think that shows that I was obviously unsure as whether to go red or amber on uh, what's this fever tree? F E V R, little bigger than we usually cover, one point three four billion market cap. But I'm I'm venturing more into mid caps if I think they look interesting. Um, it's not a value share, good company, way too expensive. So, um, but I do think the expansion into America is looking interesting. Um, and if they can get their margins up again after 
supply chain problems and freight costs and so on, which they might well do, uh, Fever Tree could be interesting. Obviously a premium brand that seems to be working overseas, not just in the UK. So <coughs> I can't give it a thumbs up because it's it's so expensive. But I, I and, and this is a value focused report that I write. So uh, but I do think I can see why some big name uh, fund managers like Terry Smith and um, uh, Linsel Train, I think it is, are in that one. You know, as a long term brand type thing it does look interesting fever tree does i think obviously doing the the fancy tonic waters that's the product graham looked at judges scientific we are amazing company i remember meeting david cicero right at the start when he set this thing up and i thought what an interesting chap never imagining that shares would what is it 50 or 100 bag or something incredible um we just think it's overpriced now though but I definitely wouldn't bet against Judges Scientific. So Graham's amber on that, mainly on valuation reasons. And I looked at Brymar, the shipping thing, BMS, and, yeah, positive on it. Um, uh, what was it? In line, but Sencos have raised next year's forecast by 8%. I think it's cheap, good yield, um, although very heavy dilution with share options on Brymar, 23%, which is interesting because the other listed shipping company, Clarkson, pays outrageous bonuses to its staff, hundreds of millions of pounds accumulated in um, bonus payments sitting as a liability on the balance sheet. So you've really got to be careful with these two listed shipping companies. They seem to be run at least largely for the benefit of the the staff. Um, Mind you, they pay reasonable dividends as well, so maybe you can't complain. But you you can make the judgment on that. I'm just flagging it. Oh, God, there's loads more here we covered just with quick comments. MPAC, MPAC, the packaging machinery company, really isn't doing well at all, down 13%. Graham just said it looks like a very average company, so he's amber on that, I have to agree. Now, I looked at the profit warning from Anpario, ANP, this uh, fancy premium animal feeds business that never really seems to go anywhere. But it's dropped a lot now. It's down 31% to £2.14, 51 million uh, valuation. I think at this level, it's actually starting to look interesting. It's got an amazing balance sheet, loads of net cash, uh, about a third, no, nearly a quarter of the market cap is net cash. Really strong balance sheet. The dividend's up. The dividend yield's nearly 5%. Weak current trading, though. I've said here, I think Amparo is coming into buying range. But I think it's yet to demonstrate that it's really a growth company. And the trouble is people valued it as a growth company, and it's not. So I think uh, a bit of a question mark over that, but starting becoming better value now, Amparo. Blackbird, I couldn't get excited at perennially loss-making. Good revenue growth, but tiny revenues still. Uh, the one redeeming feature of Blackbird, a software company for the broadcast industry, I believe, is it's got pots of cash, £10 million in cash, and it's l- losing about £2 million a year. Well, that's five years' cash runway. Uh, would I pay £31 million for it, though, which is the market gap, in a word? No. Now, what did I look at next? Ten Entertainment, the bowling thing, doing very, very well. Both of the listed bowling companies, Hollywood Bowl as well. Fantastic. I get why people like it. But the growth is flattening off now. So you've got to look, I think, probably at the last two years as peak earnings. Um, And it might now go into negative light for likes. It's still 2.7 
positive, 2.7% positive like-for-likes in the first 10 weeks. Um, but uh, the balance sheet's OK. Um, small net cash position for 10 Entertainment. Oh, sorry, did I? Yeah, I mentioned Tempin Bowling Company. Uh, it's only on 10 times earnings uh, on current year forecast, which is cheap for a business that makes a lovely profit margin. Um, but I've said here I, I'm only going to say go amber on it and say it's priced about right because, as I say, I think we've probably seen peak earnings. Yes, they can open new sites but and grow earnings that way, but I'm, I'm a little bit worried that you might see um, that it's been a bit of a catch-up thing from the pandemic and earnings might just start to go negative, which would trigger people... Uh, profit-taking. I don't know. I, I can't see an immediate impetus to Ten Entertainment or Hollywood Bowl going that much further up in the short term, but we'll see. And then <clears throat> a Pendragon PDG. As you know, I like the smaller car dealers. They're so strongly asset-backed and uh, solid results. Profit was down 31% for Pendragon in 2022 versus 2021, but that was as expected. You've got to bear in mind, the forecasts already allow for reduced earnings. Um, and I thought the outlook comments on Pendragon were surprisingly upbeat. Um, it's only on 5.3 times 2023 forecast earnings, which factor in, you know, a pretty modest performance um and it's on a low multiple of that so i i there's a value share i can only be green on it so yeah thumbs up for pendragon what's this pool oh i looked at bytes b-y-t-e-s uh, ticker b-y-i-t this is an it company 918 million market cap i only looked at a trading update very briefly and reviewed the stock report the beauty of the stock reports obviously is that you can review a company in about two minutes to see if it's Um, going to be of interest to you or less than that actually 30 seconds I would say it's an incredibly useful tool the stock reports for each company I use it you know in preference to anything else even if I wasn't on the payroll writing well not on the payroll but that's a euphemism even if I wasn't uh, paid to write articles for Stockopedia it's it's so quick and easy to assess if a share is going to be of interest to me and by its it looks all right, but no, it's not of interest for me to, to research further, given that the PE's in the low 20s. Uh, and finally, I looked at NAHL. Um, <clears throat> ticker is NAH. This is one of these legal services. Uh, I call it ambulance chasing. Obviously, that's not literally business. I don't like this whole business of, you know, doing doing speculative legal claims uh, you know particularly the personal injury stuff it's it, it you know how much how much is this costing the nhs um i just don't like the business model at all now um the interesting thing is the the operating profit is good but it di- nearly all disappears to non-controlling interests in llps within the group so it's only 0.6 million profit before tax Strangely as well, the accounts didn't show the balance sheet. There was just a gap where the balance sheet should be. It said, you know, balance sheet or consolidated statement of, you know, assets or whatever they call it. And then there was nothing there. Just then it went on to cash flow statement. Very strange. So it doesn't interest me anyway. And only one company we didn't cover was XPS Pensions, but that was up 8%. So maybe that one was quite good and might be worth you having a look at. I don't know.
Uh, just reading through the reader comments for Wednesday's report, people chasing us on backlog items. I think we got nearly all of those done, actually, on, on the next day, Thursday and Friday. So that was good. Um, <clears throat> also, some quite interesting posts on 10 Entertainment Group, T-E-N-G, the bowling thing, bowling alleys thing I was just talking about, which actually make uh, quite compelling arguments for why it is cheap. So maybe I should have gone green instead of amber on 10 Entertainment Group. Uh, slightly tetchy tone from David David J. Hill. So uh, slap legs there, David. <laughs> Only joking. But no, it's nice if we can keep the, the posts um, a little bit more courteous. Um, but no, otherwise all very interesting. Thanks, guys, for your contributions. And ladies, of course. We do have one or two uh, ladies who post. But we need more. We need more female investors. And um, I really hope... Uh, I hope uh, more ladies, more women, uh, you know, stick their heads up and 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 get and get stuck in. I think you'll find we're we're a friendly bunch, and you know we we need more women to balance it up. And women often make <clears throat> much better investors than men, because <clears throat> they're less prone to those surges of um, surges of red blood to the head that make us as <laughs> men take daft risks from time to time. Gosh, we did nine companies on Thursday as well. It's been a pretty monster, mega, mega week, actually. I'll rattle through these quickly or I won't have time for macro. SCS uh, interim results, I looked at that a day or two late. Sorry about that. I really like it. I'm green here with my opinion. Um, I think it looks pretty good. It's 12 times earnings in line uh, guidance for July 2023. Um, balance sheet groaning with cash. I know people say it's not their cash. It's, it's favourable working capital capital cycle which is true but the the working capital cycle continually rotates so they continually have a huge cash balance been doing um, some uh, big share buybacks so there's now a materially lower number of shares in issue I think risk reward is very good I like SCS I'd like to buy back in at some point although it just doesn't feel quite right and also I haven't got any money at the moment I'm fully invested but SCS is certainly on my watch list of things I want to buy uh, Safian, that's an interesting one. SPE, a software company for managing innovation or something within larger companies. Never quite understood the product. Uh, Graham's amber on that. Um, transitioning to SaaS. It's just a painful process. Transitioning to SaaS takes about five years and it suppresses short-term profits in the meantime. I'm I'm pretty sceptical about um, Sophion personally, just because, you know, the profits just go down every year, or seem to. Uh, you know, a bit jam tomorrow-ish, but it's a good company, don't get me wrong. Um, I'd just like to see more action and less uh, less talk from Sophion. Now, I looked at Port Merion, PMP. I hold this one. I always disclose if I hold a share. I'm green on it. Uh, I think it's... Obviously underpriced this share. I cannot understand why. Um, the the twelve twenty two uh, results came out slight beat against lowered expectations. It's got a low balance. Uh, uh, sorry, a low PE ratio. It's got a sound balance sheet. Twenty twenty two figures were good. They were up on twenty one. It got a nice dividend yield, in line outlook. 
it just to me it just seems the wrong price i cannot see why it's three pounds seventy i would have thought a figure of five to six pounds would be fairer for port merion now i've uh, contacted the company i did a ceo interview with port merion back in october 2020 and i'm delighted to say they've accepted my invitation to do another one so in the coming week i'll be doing two ceo interviews on my podcast channel on this channel that you're listening on and uh, one of them is is a port merion which i hold i think it's very good nice value share what's the other one um oh gone blank let me just check my pad uh oh it's um where is it oh for fuck's sake goodness sake um oh, do you know sorry i've gone blank uh, no, can't remember. So apologies to the company I'm interviewing. <laughs> right, um, Eco Animal Health, EAH. Graham looked at that. He's at Amber. Um, that, that was up 15%. So something interesting there. That might be um, have, worth having a look. Oh, SRT Marine. Oh dear. Graham and I both read on this for reasons we've mentioned before. Huge miss um, uh, on its financial results it was meant to be making a big profit it's not a massive loss so it's a sort of miss uh, and a small loss uh perpetual over promiser under deliverer um you know the validated sales pipelines now you know the equivalent to the gdp of a small country but it never turns into profits does it apart from the odd spike where it has a one-off good year and then it goes back down again uh, why people give this the benefit of the doubt after such a, you know, an 18-year period of of Jan tomorrow and 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 failing to deliver, a 78 million market cap. Uh, I just don't know why people give it the benefit of the doubt. Really like the CEO though, Simon Tucker, lovely guy, um, but the company just hasn't delivered. It's got zero visibility. The you know, the sales pipeline seems to take an absolute eternity to push these deals over the line. I don't know. Why take the risk? I really hope people eventually do well out of that one. It would be nice to see. But personally, I've just been stung by one disco. I'm not going to buy into anything that is promising jam tomorrow, but not delivering the numbers. So Wix, W-I-X, I like that. I'm green on that. Although I think there was some... De- now, uh, 2022 results came out quite good at the top end of guidance. Current trading in line. So, yeah, I like Wix. The only thing I would say, DOI, Superstore Retailer, obviously. The only thing is they are guiding for tougher conditions in 2023. Um, there was a good slide deck, I think I remember looking at for that online in a webinar that was interesting. Um, but I think uh, that's already baked into the forecast, a tougher 2023. I think there was some recent data. Was it Barclay Card who said this week that people are spending less on DIY? I think that caused the shares to drop on Friday. Uh, but as a long-term thing, Wix, I think, is very interesting. I'm going to buy some at some point, but it sounds like there could be more pain to come in um, 2023. So maybe I should sit on the sidelines where I am at the moment uh, and quick comments on Osirium Tech, OSI, a tiny cybersecurity company. Uh, the results came out. It was 2.6p. I've just gone red on this and said, look, it's almost run out of cash again. So 
uh, need to steer clear of things that are running out of cash, and that's dropped quite a bit by about a third, I think, after the results came out. And then FinCap and Sencos are to merge, an all-share merger. Now, when people say merger, it's nearly always a takeover bid, which is called a merger to save the blushes of the weaker party. But this does genuinely look like an all-share merger. Um, I read the announcement, quite interesting, and it's it's, it's a 50-50 um, split on valuation. Uh, FinCap is being retained as the listed company, and Sencos shareholders will get FinCap shares. Uh, and will own half the business. So looks a fair deal. Obvious sense, isn't it, to merge two of the smaller but better quality, I think, brokers. Um, and they're both really good at getting information out on Research Tree. So I really hope that uh, culture, that particularly FinCap, but also more recently Sencos, has got of being open to communications and uh, assisting private investors engaging with companies I really hope that culture continues I'd love to have a quick 10 minute uh, chat with the CEO of one or both of them actually just to emphasise that private investors are the market for small caps we create the liquidity we uh, do um, we set the price therefore um, and you know smaller companies, smaller caps desperately need better liquidity that's where private investors come in so the brokers that engage with us are delivering a better and get research to us are delivering a better service for their clients the brokers the brokers that are aloof and try and keep us away from companies and don't give us their research get rid of them if you're a small cap why would you use a broker that doesn't engage with the main people who are actually transacting in your shares and hiding behind regulatory reasons but actually they're doing it because they want to charge money for research and they want to charge the client for, from the company itself and they want to charge their clients for that research as well so they're charging twice for the same uh work um which is outrageous i think so good luck to fincap and sencos obviously i realize it'll mean job losses i've got um friends in the city i hope they're not affected by this um, but I'm sure a stronger business will emerge. And I think the shares of FinCap are worth looking at, actually. Although they'll obviously, I would imagine, be quite a few exceptionals. But both companies have good balance sheets and good recovery potential. I think small caps could take a while to recover, though, particularly IPOs, because brokers generally floated so much trash in 2021. They've killed the golden goose. Who's going to believe them when they bring uh, an IPO in front of the institutions, given that they've been absolutely stitched up with a load of overpriced rubbish over the last few years? You know, it was greed, really, wasn't it? Chasing chasing the big fees. And it's it's killed the golden goose for, 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 for the time being anyway. I think we need to see some really high-quality IPOs to rebuild confidence. And you need to involve private investors in IPOs going forward, because otherwise... There's no liquidity. You float them and nothing happens, no trades. So really the city needs to completely rethink how they're doing IPOs. We need better quality companies. We need sensible, prudent valuations. And we need to include um, private investors in them, not just place big blocks of stock with uh, institutions. You, you, you then end up with a totally illiquid, frozen share register. So brokers... During the quiet period, have a think about how you're going to improve it going forwards. Oh, and an honourable mention to 
<coughs> Reach, RCH, the old, um, what used to be Trinity Mirror, the newspapers group, well, rather an honourable mention to Jim Mullen, who uh, was awarded, had, had the right to be awarded some options which have um, on his LTIP, um, which were due to vest, which would have given him a substantial dollop of extra money. He's waived them. It says here, Jim Mullen has asked that his 2020 LTIP award not vest and that his award be cancelled and that no compensation will be paid to him in respect to the waiver. Well, what a top guy. Isn't that brilliant? You know, personally foregoing a substantial amount of money. Um, I think that deserves a round of applause and, um, and, and respect. Let's see some more directors do that. You know, if your shareholders have taken an absolute pasting in the last year or two, which many companies have, let's see some directors take some pain and forego some awards voluntarily. I think you'll find that will be very good for your uh, esteem and probably for your careers long term as well. So I urge other other directors to show some um, restraint, as Mr Mullen has done. Bravo to him. Right, Friday, the 24th of March, absolute monster day. I did 14 companies on my own, which was a bit crazy. I did a lot of them the night before. I had a rare burst of energy. Right, Luceco. I've been pronouncing this Luceco, as in Prosecco, I suppose. But it's a, apparently it's Luceco, L-U-C-E. Quite nice. I'm green on this. It's fallen a lot. I like uh, the results. Don't know whether... This this is one where they've had it's an electrical equipment group um, did very well in the pandemic. Now it's it's sort of dealing with the hangover. I think the share price has given up a lot. It's down to one pound ten. Starting to look interesting at that level, I think. But it's difficult to predict how the company is going to perform going forward. Now Warpaint W seven L, a previous share I've raved about. Yet another um, positive trading update. Um, forecast raised raised 11%. Really like this business. My interview with the CEO, Sam, was uh, excellent. I was listening back to it the other day. He's such a um, an interesting guy to talk to. So, And the good news is I've booked Sam in for... Uh, uh, oh, that was the other one in, in terms of the CEO. I've booked him in for loosely for another update chat with me on my podcast channel in april when the results come out so really really like it i've just said here though i think probably overvalue uh, sorry valuation on war paint a makeup company is probably up with events for now so uh, at around two pound five i think that's a fair price longer term i think the business is on a roll so a very nice company to just hold i think long term um owner managed entrepreneurial and it's the growth is coming from just companies buying more of their stuff a lot of it is repeat business from the retailers so the product's selling well it's got two brands w7 and technic i think are the two makeup brands most of it's just repeat business um good margins it's got net cash yeah lots to like about war paint but the shares have done well so it's probably priced with up with events i had a look at jd weatherspoon jdw now this one's doing the pubs group doing really really well uh took me a couple of hours to plow through the numbers the half year results um i'm amber on this just because it's risen so much it's only traded about break even though you know in h1 um and it made a gigantic profit from cashing in some interest rate hedges so i quipped that it's actually a you know um (laughs) a swaps trading company with a bunch of pubs attached to it (laughs) 
Very interesting, though, that the bars... I mean, it's up over 50% from the autumn lows, J.D. Weatherspoon is. We've, we've always quite liked this one, but unfortunately I didn't get around to looking at it. Lots of freeholds, 1.1 billion in freeholds, that haven't been revalued since 1999. Uh, and it took a huge lump of cash, I think it was £169 million from uh, closing out the hedges, but obviously it'll then be paying more interest in future. So, But cash up front when you've got a stretch balance sheet, is a lot better, isn't it? So uh, very interesting, worth having a look at, I think. But I wouldn't buy personally after it's had such a big run-up and it's on 21 times forecast earnings. Um, These pubs groups are not out of the woods yet. You know, it's a horrible, horrible sector. Um, uh, Mid-afternoon, there was a ghastly update from Pittard's PTD, the leather, specialist leather gloves company. I've, I've just said... Just, just sell them. It's a disastrous announcement. The company's almost bust. It's uh, done a tiny placing to keep the lights on, and it looks like Lloyd's um, are looking to pull out from the banking side of things. Uh, that's just an automatic hit the sell button if you can, which is where small investors can maybe get out. But um, of course, the big investors are high and dry on pitards, so a barge pole job, I'm afraid. Good luck to the staff and the and the and the company because I hope it survives in some shape or form. I think it owns a freehold, so they might be able to refinance it on the basis of the freehold. I wouldn't take the risk. Cortex, the uh, telematics company, AGM trading statement. I'm amber on this. I really like the company and the signs of good growth in France coming through, but um, we've had a good. Discussion on that. A big shareholder in it posted an interesting, contra- more positive view, obviously, being a shareholder in the comments. Uh, yeah, I'm going to look a bit closer at Cortex, but certainly it's disappointed rather on the la- in the last few years. What people forget is all very well looking at the growth and the new contracts and so on, but it's got continual churn offsetting that of customers who close or move to a competitor or so on. Um, uh, which and they've also been open about the fact that there's price deflation. I think it's something like five percent per annum, chipping away at the prices they charge when customers renegotiate and so on. So when you factor that in, it's got to have strong growth just to stand still. But I th- I've put here if it manages to make the 2024 forecasts of 14.4 p earnings, which is about 30 odd percent growth, then you could justify the current price of 275 pence. So I've got an open mind on Cortex. I think it is a quality business, definitely. It's just whether it's a growth business or not. Dunno. The expansion in America doesn't seem to have worked, but France does. So if you suddenly take it from a UK business to a European business, it's worth a lot more, isn't it? Manx Financial I looked at, because that's three or four bagged recently at MFX. It's a tiny bank based on the Isle of Man. Uh, with Jim Mellon owning 19%. Why on earth anyone will get involved in a small bank at the moment in the midst of a smaller banking crisis? I think you'd you'd be absolutely nuts. Um, Very vulnerable to run on depositors, I've said here. High risk. Starfline I don't like at all. I I explain the reasons why in Friday's report. Science Group I do like. SAG. Uh, Oh, I should have made that a mystery share, actually. It's very good. Uh, Good results I reviewed here. Great long-term track record, modest PE, uh, lovely balance sheet with plenty of cash, really nice business. I think Science, SAG, definitely uh, readers and listeners should take a closer look and see if it floats your boat. As always, never recommendations. I'm just looking at so many different companies. 
to review you know i'm i'm just um i'm just throwing ideas at you for you to have a look audio boom i'm read on this because the management have taken all the profits it doesn't make much profit anyway but uh, there's a 4.4 million dollar share based payment charge which is bigger than 3.6 million operating pro- profits so they're taking the proverbial i'm afraid they've probably been out in america too long so uh thumbs down for, uh, because of executive greed at audio boom uh, I think we've run out of time, really. Oh, just to quickly say, have a look at the house builders again. The whole sector's cheap, I think. Crest Nicholson, CRST. I reviewed their AGM trading upstate, up, update. Obviously, we all know the sector's difficult at the moment. But actually, Crest Nich- Nicholson's comments were a lot more perky than I would have imagined. So I think we could be coming into another buying opportunity for these house builders. I ditched my MJ Gleason. I only had a tiny scrap of them. I ditched those when they were about £4.50. Uh, I might I might buy those back at some point, but as I say, it was only a fun money pump, that one, and I made 30 35% profit, so I thought, fine, let's just bank it and um, have a look. But, yeah, Chris Nicholson looks very good, I think, CRST. I tell you what, I'm not going to fit in the macro uh, stuff in the time that the file size allows. So I'm going to do a part two for macro comments. So thank you very much for listening to this. And I hope part two will be of interest as well. And sorry if I'm overloading you with material at the weekend. But we seem to have a uh, an enthusiastic but small listenership. Uh, you know, it's a few hundred people, I think, which is not that much. But it doesn't matter. I enjoy producing them. And uh, people seem to enjoy listening to them. So I'm not really interested in promoting it to a wider audience. We've got a nice, neat, friendly, uh, uh, pleasant audience as it is. And that's good enough for me. So thank you for listening and bye.